WrestlePlug 444 Life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to episode 499 <laughs> of the Wrestle Plug. It is that time. And if you're listening to this, there is still time. Please send me in all of your questions. I haven't really made a big deal out of it, but for episode 500, we have Steve Neal returning. It's already been recorded. That's going to be kind of like a tribute to everything that is WrestlePlug, but I'll also be doing a very special Q&A. Anyone from WrestlePlug is welcome to join me who's been on the podcast before, uh, basically over the weekend. It's going to be answering all of your questions. You can ask me anything. Who was my favorite interview? Who do I hate most in wrestling? What was it like being a wrestler? It doesn't matter what it is. Send it in. I'm Aaron Nix. Of course, if you've listened for this long, you know who I am. And joining me to discuss... The week's topics, because this is, of course, a very special state of wrestling address, is the Duke of Diabetes and the King of Canadian Cornholing. Yes, indeed. The Maple Leaf magician himself, Kyle Wilkinson, is back after one heavy working week, which is still going on. How are you doing, sir? Um, I'm alive. I'm making that money. So hopefully, you know, when the world's not on fire, we can hang out. IRL. Shooting fat stacks. Fat stacks, <laughs> yo. Man, that's the western white. You know, I'm really white when. <sighs> oh man, I can make many jokes about one of our news topics this week, talking <laughs> about fat stacks, but that will have to wait. We're going to start out on a positive note because we always start with really miserable news and we just like, fuck off and then we're angry for the rest of it. So let's talk WWE's Hall of Fame. It is official. Molly Holly will be inducted into the 2021 WWE Hall of Fame marvelous stuff good news really isn't it great to see she'll be going in uh, before i do get your opinions of course i have a list here of people who will also be going in because of course the 2020 hall of fame will be going in as well because obviously it couldn't happen last year due to covid protocol that means that batista will also be inducted uh jbl the british bulldog Finally, Jushin Thunder Liger, which should be a very interesting one. Uh, the New World Order goes in as a group, as does the Bella Twins as well. So quite a stacked uh, award ceremony, particularly when you consider there's still more to come, obviously, with WrestleMania looming. Uh, thoughts on Molly Holly going in? Obviously, it's a great thing, but, you know, you must have some certain amount of joy for the fact that, you know, that someone of her wholesome nature is going in because she's widely regarded universally as probably the nicest person in wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't watch the bump, but like I saw the replay of, you know, Gregory Helms telling her and just her genuine reaction was so heartwarming. It's so well-deserved. I mean, I loved Molly Holly back in the day. Um, she was so much more than just, you know, I mean, she's beautiful, of course, but so much more than like the classic pretty face of the Attitude Era that she could actually go. And it was just a precursor to, you know, the incredible stuff that the women do now. So absolutely well-deserved. About damn time. 
Yeah, I'm thrilled. I hear all these wonderful stories of, you know, women who wouldn't have got into business if it wasn't for her. The fact that she was willing to actually spend so much of her own money to make sure that women could uh, afford the tuition to get in. And she's somebody who's always paid it forward. She's still involved, I believe, in training today around the Minnesota area. And just a, a fucking wonderful person in every sense. I honestly cannot think of anyone who probably deserves to be in more just because of the way they've acted you talk about class act and you hear that term thrown around very loosely in wrestling and let's be honest a lot of people who were class acts have proven themselves to be anything but but molly holly truly is the epitome of that phrase uh some great names as well going in that should have gone in last year i think batista's definitely earned his uh his place in the hall of fame particularly as we know obviously he's done now jbl you know i mean he's had a very much a hall of fame caliber life in wrestling so i'm not going to deny that even though i think he's a bit of a cock wobble um i actually think the bellas going in is good i feel like they did a lot to change the perception of women uh, and I know that people are going to get upset about this. Man, fucking Bella's can't even fucking miss me. Fuck off. Like, by the end of it, you could argue Brie Bella hadn't improved that much, but Nikki Bella had genuinely become a far better character and a far more well-rounded wrestler. And we saw that with her match against Ronda Rousey at Evolution. She's a, a very good, incredible talent. She wasn't just famous for being John Cena's partner in the past, at least. You know, she was someone who deserved to go in. The NWA, um, NWO, excuse me. They, of course, you know, they're going to go in, aren't they? Let's be fair. Like, they are a legendary group. A little bit annoying that some of these guys are becoming two or three-time Hall of Famers just purely by exposure of groups. It it bothers me that, yeah, like, what, Hogan will be... Is it just two for Hogan now? This will be second? I think this will be Hogan's second, yeah. And I think uh, this will be uh, Xbox second as well um because he went in as part of dx as well so sean waltman could really clean up here if he finally goes in as an individual (laughs) yeah i mean i would have loved to have seen christian in it but uh that's not gonna happen anytime soon yeah it ain't now it ain't now isn't it weird that they've got two cages in AEW and two pages as well if we don't get cage versus cage and page versus cage and page we're gonna be really disappointed they've done something wrong there it's a missed opportunity yeah, don't don't get me started on Tony Khan. He upset me again this week. Fucking cretin. Um, but yeah, no. It, to be fair, great. And also, obviously, the British Bulldog going in. You know, not just because I'm British. Because the guy had an incredible career. And it feels at this point that the entire Hart family should have been in years ago. I know there's a lot of politics going on. And I'm not really fussed if Owen goes in or not. Because as far as I'm concerned, that's down to his widow. Um, but mm-hmm. British Bulldog should have been in years ago. And it's amazing it's taken this long, but finally he does go in. You can't help but feel, I know it's not, you know, a legitimate Hall of Fame as such, but it still means a lot to these guys. And it's still incredible recognition. We saw what it meant to Mark Henry, for instance, when he cut his speech. So I'm excited for it. I'm very excited for it. It'd be interesting to see who accepts on um, David Boy Smith's behalf. Be interesting to see if his son does, because obviously he's a New Japan talent. Uh, working on the American Indies as well. So it'd be nice to see him there because, mm-hmm. you know, let's be honest, it's no time for your petty rivalries, Vince. Let the family enjoy this moment. And uh, yeah, when I think about, you know, not just as a singles talent as well, who can forget the British Bulldogs with the Dynamite Kid? I know the Dynamite Kid has a lot of, you know, shady past and obviously it didn't work out too well for him at the back end of his life, but they were a very famous tag team. Truly Mm -hmm. one of the best tag teams in the world, if not the best. They were personally my favorite tag team of the retro era. You know, they were very prominent when I was a wee, wee nipper. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously you speak to anyone over here when it comes to proper wrestling, uh, proper old school British wrestling. The only names that people really think of other than 
Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks, Kendo Nagasaki is British Bulldog and Dynamite Kid. That's how special they were, that they transcended not only the WWE style or the WWF style at the time, but they were also famous enough that when they came back here, they were highly recognised, along with guys like William Regal, of course, Robbie Brookside, Fit Finley, you know, a real incredible class of wrestlers. So, well-deserved, well-deserved. Right, let's kick it down a notch. We've had way too much positivity on this podcast. <sighs> Our good buddy Jim Cornette has been quite active recently. Have you seen what he's been uh, up to? <laughs> um, I mean, it's impossible not to. Because he's a crazy old man. I just find it funny. Like, the thing is, right, okay, full disclosure, right, I don't hate Jim Cornette. And in the past, I used to think, oh, he's so fucking abusive and he just says shit. And then I realized he's a shock jock. And then I also realized that actually Jim Cornette has plenty of good things to say. I know that's going to really upset and hurt all the AEW marks or the butt hurt fucking marks who live in their basements. But ultimately, it is kind of true. Like, Jim Cornette has plenty of good things to say. This is the problem with Jim Cornette. He can say a million good things, but as soon as he says something inflammatory, all of a sudden the internet just fucking blows up. And it's, of course, not helped by big old tanker himself, Rusev. Now, uh, this is Wrestling Inc.'s thing. I've listened to both podcasts now uh, because he dropped his drive through yesterday. Uh, and that was, wow, you thought his comments were inflammatory <laughs> before. You, he really, he, never mind double down, this guy quadrupled down on comments. And um, i got to be honest, I found it quite entertaining. But that's easy for me to say. I'm a neutral looking for the outside in. Uh, Jim Cornette was, <laughs> has found himself in hot water with Miro and Kip Sabian after his recent comments he made about Penelope Ford on his Jim Cornette drive-through podcast. They were reviewing AEW Revolution. They were talking about his match. Uh, he was tagging up with Kip Sabian against Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy, which for many of us, including myself, was a piss break. Enough uh, <laughs> said, really. Um, but if you want to check it out, you can find it in the video. The latest uh, last week's drive-through, it's at the 5 minute 35 mark, somewhere around that region, whatever. Uh, I'm assuming that rest saying it has this correct uh cornet is quoted as saying he's being allowed to be himself and he is obviously he is obviously excuse me a complete fucking goof uh <laughs> he has no idea how to get over no idea what got him over for a little while before in the other company he does this stupid shit and obviously is enjoying himself doing it he was paired with a kid that looks like he's in middle school and his slutty girlfriend to have a feud with a guy that sticks his hands in his pockets and another guy that looks like he cuts his hair with a pencil sharpener job guy <laughs> underneath talent all the way he's not wrong there is he to be fair and he has embraced this uh, the part about ford got miro writing to cornet on social media in a series of tweets if you call penelope slut again i'll come like god's wrath on you you understand? I'll personally drive to your basement, or capital letters. People like the Jim Cornette bring not only pro wrestling down, but young women and men get abused and name called for 40 views on YouTube. That's not strictly true. He does get thousands upon thousands of views on YouTube, but of course, it's just semantics, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he also tweeted and said, answer me, you mark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ford's real-life husband retweeted Miro and responded. Uh, that's, of course, Kip Sabian. Uh, legit, Jim Cornette is a total all-talk wet lettuce. His funeral is going to be a joyous occasion, wrote Sabian. Oh, uh, that's not all. Yeah, that's not all Sabian wrote, and I'll take him to task in a moment over this. Uh, while on his Twitch stream, Sabian had similar comments about Cornette. We don't have to worry about it. He's definitely going to die at some point soon, Sabian said. Then we can all, like, dance. We can have a celebration. That will probably be one of the first times on the internet that I will post something like a celebratory, celebratory, ugh, excuse me, celebratory post. 
you know? And I mean that. I'm not even joking. I'm deadly serious. I cannot wait for that man to die. Okay, fair enough. So, obviously, the beef. Now, I don't have the full transcript because it only just got dropped, but in his latest drive-through, Jim Cornette had a lot of fun with this. Jim Cornette genuinely, legitimately does not give a fuck what anyone thinks, whether you support him or not. And he absolutely hammered down on it by making insinuations that Miro was a suspiciously transgender Russian weightlifter who failed his piss test. Um... <laughs> Just these were all inflammatory jokes, which obviously were done purely for the sake of winding him up. Carbon face <laughs> is phenomenal. I can see it in the back. Uh, oh, Jesus. To be fair, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that whatever Jim Cornette said was appropriate because it absolutely was not. And uh, I don't, you know, this is Jim Cornette in a nutshell. However, I'll let you have your say, mate, because I've, I've got plenty to say about the reaction, actually, because the reaction pisses me off, because ultimately there's a lot of double standards floating around here. And of course, the full uproar was in effect. And just for context, I saw thousands, and I mean thousands of AEW fans, calling Jim Cornette a cunt, uh, everything you can imagine under the sun, saying that he was a cuck and that he just wanted Miro to smash his wife in and all these very abusive things, which apparently are par for the course and acceptable because Jim Cornette said something rude. So not exactly the most woke response from the most woke audience but that is what it is what do you think about this latest beef and this latest upsetting notion from jim Cornette and the gang i mean the even do you remember when he said those things about becky lynch when she got pregnant yeah they were taken out of context a little bit and yes again here they were as well by the way That's one the of the thing. big things was i should point this out as well just quickly he did refer to her as penelope pit stop that is not a term See, this shows how stupid some of the young, younger generation, and particularly AEW fans, are. They were saying that Penelope Pitstop was a term for a slut. No, it wasn't. He was referring to the famous character from Wacky Races. And ultimately, I tell you what, you can come for a lot of things on this podcast, but if you come for Wacky Races, I will fucking... I will <laughs> burn you, mate. You do not come for Wacky Races. Um, I mean, we come for Wacky Races in the term that we simp for it, but that is... That is unacceptable. You leave wacky races alone, mate. Dick Dastardly and Muttley, they are gods. <laughs> but I, I don't even know what that is, so I'm just, I'm just gonna yeah roll on. Going for an evil one there, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jim like Cornette, he's he says a lot of things, some good, some bad, <laughs> but putting it mildly. Uh, yeah, um, the, it doesn't really matter what he says. The fact that someone would say, I can't wait until he dies yeah. is fucked up. I don't, uh, that's Kip you Sabian. don't wish, Who is you a, don't wish death upon anyone. Yeah, and Kip Sabian is a good person. I'd like to think that he's given, if he's given the opportunity, Kip Sabian would think twice about that statement because I know Kip Sabian from the independent scene. He doesn't know me, obviously, but I used to go and see him a lot in the British independent scene. Um, and he's obviously a Brit, as you probably could have told, could have, as you probably could tell from his accent, excuse me. Um, but I was, I was really disappointed in that. Really disappointed. And also, people celebrating that, like, yeah, can't wait for Jim Cornette to die. That makes you just as bad, if not worse. What kind of a reaction is that? 
if somebody upsets you so badly, you wish death for one. And now Jim Cornette didn't give a fuck. And in a way, I'm kind of glad he didn't. I will say one thing. Brian Last, who is in charge of Jim Cornette's podcast, he's actually really fucking good at his job. Really fucking good. And he had a fantastic little spiel on there about the fact, because, you know, unlike a lot of you woke people i actually don't mind listening to things that are different to maybe my opinion because i think it's healthy to have genuine and honest debates and actually listen to the opposition side of things um i think that's how you grow and educate yourself that's just me that's just my cup of tea but he did bring up some good points because kip sabian very quick to make these comments miro very quick to defend uh you know women's rights and talk about people getting abused and yet he also works for a company which is run uh, by openly very happy Trump supporters. Chris Jericho, for instance, who is one of the most prominent individuals on this show, is also an individual who gave a large amount of money to the Trump administration. An individual as well, by the way, Donald Trump, who has numerous accusations levied against him, including sexual assault against women in what is currently quite an incredibly uh, dangerous climate in terms of women's rights and things going on right now and rightfully so women deserve far better rights than they are afforded particularly in this country with some of the unfortunate incidents that have broken out recently and obviously speaking out from last year as well and Brian last just simply said you were roommates with Jimmy Havoc were you not why did you not take him to task when it came out that he was a potential rapist? Why do you not take Chris Jericho to task for being an avid Trump mark? Why do you not take the Young Bucks or the Khans to task for this kind of behavior and how they openly have supported somebody who is very much against things like abortion and women's rights and women's choice? So, you know, that for me is simply devil's advocate. And I believe that he made some very good statements there. And I'd like to know why Kip Sabian found plenty of time on his stream to show that kind of level of vitriol and yet doesn't want to address matters that are in-house strikes me as slightly hypocritical to be honest but the real main thing here for me was that he made that comment so i just thought okay fair enough miro to a certain extent he's always been somebody who likes to work people on twitter um mm -hmm. but ultimately jim Cornette's the one who comes out of this probably looking better in a lot of ways because i hate to break it to people and this includes us as well so i'm not you know i'm not trying to pretend that we're above that nobody cares what we think we're just fans Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares about us. Nobody cares about what WrestleBug thinks, really, when it comes down to it. Nobody certainly cares what all the fucking marks on Twitter think. And they certainly don't care what all of Miro's big fucking stands think. They don't. It's a shame because Penelope Ford is a really awesome human being. And I feel like she's kind of been dragged in to other people's nonsense. Um, but of course, you know, she made comments as well, I believe, about, you know, his wife and cucking and things like that and of course that backfired a mirror a little bit because his major angle before he left wwe was the angle involving cuck holding and bobby lashley getting off of his wife standing over the top of him and i know it's just a work and it was just an angle but still you know quite unfortunate the whole thing is just for me very overblown actually and it's... i know people are going to say why are you covering it but hey that's what we do we try and entertain you guys and we're trying some new things including covering news topics which we'll probably be seeing via the YouTube channel as well, if you care to watch. I just I just find it kind of... I found it quite funny, if I'm being honest. It's, Maybe that's it's because both, I'm just growing less sensitive as I get older, but I thought it's quite both dumb and funny. Like, you know, it's just seeing a bunch of grown-ass men just throwing words at each other over the internet is fucking hilarious. Like, it, it is. And you would hope that Sabian, you know, said what he said just in a heat of the moment, because I've definitely said things, you know, in the heat of an argument that you definitely don't, you would never normally say. 
I mean, that happens to everyone. We're only human. Emotions run high. Shit happens. Hmm. But you would hope, like you say, later on, he could go back and look on and go, you know what? I don't actually want this guy to die because up to this point, wish death he hasn't anyone. back on it. I think that's why. And he's had he's had at least a couple of days now to think about what he said, and he hasn't obviously shown it. And yeah, I mean, it, it's getting to the point now where it is very much there are two types of people: people who don't like AEW. And people who do love AEW so much that there is absolutely no grief. And I really feel that a lot of the vitriol and a lot of the hate here is because people can't handle the idea that some people actually don't care if AEW is good or not or if it succeeds or not. And some people, like ourselves, for instance, like AEW, but are very happy to critique what we think is not very good. And there are a large proportion and a large proponent of AEW fans who genuinely believe that everything is fucking wonderful and perfect and sunshine and lollipops. And oh, to be that naive, to be honest, I would love to be that naive and right? live in that fantasy world. But I don't. I live in the real world where actually it's healthy for people to receive criticism. And when I started wrestling training, I don't think I would have got a debut or achieved anything whatsoever if they continuously told me every time I did a shit bump or a shit international or my cardio wasn't up to snuff, if they were just like, yeah, it doesn't really matter, mate, it's okay. As long as you're here, that's all that matters because everything's all inclusive. No, actually, there needs to be a certain level of professionalism and like anything, any walk of life or any job, if you are not good enough or you are not up to scratch, you are absolutely obligated to accept criticism from others providing it has a constructed nature to it now if someone just comes out and says aw are fucking shit and blah 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 fair enough but we've never done that i've certainly never done that i've always said on the podcast reviews feel free to challenge me if you feel that anything i've said is unfair and ultimately the only things i get back are a lot of abuse and a lot of hate mail in our facebook inbox that's all i get i never get anyone trying to argue the point with me like a human being or debate me properly not at all. So that speaks volumes about your fan base, not the other fan bases. Uh, caps lock and repeating themselves. That's how people win arguments or yeah. how people think they win arguments. Like I said last week, you know, I, I reviewed AEW Dynamite last week. It's on again tonight. We're recording this Wednesday night, full disclosure. And there were a couple of things that I fucking adored, thought were amazing. And there were a couple of things which I thought were utterly hot garbage. And ultimately, it's just my opinion. So that's fine too. Nobody said you had to pay attention to it, but oh, let's be honest. The whole thing with Cornet and Miro, that's just a tiny little subtitle on what is the actual headline here. And the headline really is that once again, AEW and their fans and their wrestlers who are good people for the most part can't handle any kind of criticism. And Cornet isn't always right. Sometimes he says some fucking stupid things. And even I sit there and think, oh, Jesus Christ, mate. <laughs> Not that again. Was- but yeah, exactly. It is. It's very much like old man yells at clouds and I can just see Grandpa Simpson going, Aah! but at the same time, I'm not going to completely discourage anything that Jim Cornette says because actually he is regarded widely as one of the all-time greatest minds of wrestling. And just 100%. because a load of people from the elite and the Bullet Club find that, or should I say the Bullet Club, because it's not the proper Bullet Club, uh, just because they find that offensive because he takes them to task because he would like wrestling to be a little bit more realistic. Does that mean he's completely right? No. But does it mean that you're right as well just because you don't like his opinions? No. It's just no. an opinion. It's just an opinion. Opinions <laughs> are like assholes, man. Everybody's got one. 
Back to WWE and the news. Paul White, uh, I don't know if you saw, he has just dropped a somewhat controversial, I don't think it was controversial, but of course he did the usual, I've signed for AW, time to go on the Chris Jericho podcast and shit on it. Oh, Jesus. Is that like an obligatory thing everyone has to do when they sign? It but is. You sign, Tony Khan's like, okay, you can come, but you got to hit up Talk is Jericho first. Yeah, you better come like God's wrath. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that comment's funny because obviously it was lost slightly in translation. Just the idea that Rusev's going to have a massive crank all over Cornell. <laughs> um, yeah, Paul White, he was on the uh, latest episode of Talk is Jericho and he talked about plans involving celebrities in WWE. Years ago, I had worked out for one of the SummerSlams in LA with a very good friend who was working with Scooter Braun and Justin <laughs> Bieber. And it was going to be John Cena, the big show, and Justin Bieber versus the Wyatts at SummerSlam. Uh, Bieber was on board. He was excited. He wanted to work out with John and I. This was a really, really big deal. And this is when that app first came out and all that other crap. And then one of the people that are making decisions said, I just don't see how Justin Bieber's going to relate to our audience. It's like, does anyone not see the amount of eyes Justin Bieber would bring to that match? I think WWE offered to help promote his album. You're dealing with Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun's all about cash. And they jacked Scooter around for about two weeks. And Scooter's like, listen, it's not going to happen. I got the kid a million dollars to watch a soccer game, blah, 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 blah. Basically, they had an opportunity to have Justin Bieber wrestle and apparently jacked it about and lost out on that opportunity. He also mentioned that apparently Will Ferrell was meant to be a oh, part of a WrestleMania as well. I'd love that. He revealed WWE's reasoning for turning down Will Ferrell. Chad Smith and the Red Hot Chili Peppers had done a bunch of stuff with Will Ferrell because they look exactly the same. I, have you speaking of that have you seen they do like a competing drum solo i don't know is it on the no, I like show? red hot chili peppers but i i don't i confess and it upsets a lot of people i don't think will farrell is very funny oh sorry my heart i there are a couple of films where i thought he was great uh step brothers being one of them and i thought he was utterly phenomenal in the first zoolander film but other than that oh and anchorman as well to be fair so there you go three films so he's not terrible okay. by any means but um, I find that actually normally the people around him are funnier. I saw Get Hard with uh, with Kevin Hart. Get Hard too, whatever it was. Yeah, Can't yeah it's Get Hard. Yeah, I thought Kevin Hart was much funnier than him in that. So. But then I much prefer a lot of black humor. So, you That's know, fair. it is what it is. So it's nothing against the guy. He's obviously very good at what he does, but I just don't personally find him that funny. Um, yeah, apparently they look exactly the same and they had a drum off in LA, which I believe is what you were alluding to. Jericho yep. recalled, and they wanted to do something for charity at WrestleMania, and they were like, well, you have to understand, we don't really pay guys. Uh, I said, this is Will Ferrell. Dudes, it's Will Ferrell. If you had Will Ferrell and Chad Smith face off, put them in a tag team, you could do a million things. Will Ferrell and WWE on WrestleMania would make a difference. We don't really pay our celebrities. Then you guys are idiots because he wants to do it. All he wants to do is have a good donation for his charity, flip the 500 grand to Will Ferrell's charity, get him on the show and have that recognition. They wouldn't do it. Uh, again, you know, like you say, it's just an opportunity to poo-poo many things. But WWE, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they're catching a bit of flack for using Bad Bunny and, you know, which I personally actually think is a good idea. I think they were doing... Like, Raw is the only thing I watch from WWE regularly, which is the worst of the oh, three sorry. shows. Yeah. <laughs> I, but it's because I don't work Monday, so I can actually have the time. But yeah. I think the stuff Bad Bunny's been doing, I've actually really enjoyed it, to be honest. 
I think it's really cool. And when he went on Saturday Night Live, performed, you know, he had the belt over his knee and that. Like, fair play to him. You know, it would have been nice to have seen it at the Grammys, but I understand that's a different animal entirely. And obviously, the Grammys is also something that upsets Chris Jericho greatly as he oh, went after the Grammys. Um, he, you might have noticed on Twitter, I don't know if he's deleted this tweet yet or not, because frankly, I don't really give a shit about Chris Jericho's social media, but he basically tweeted out that the Grammys could go fuck themselves for not showing a tribute to, of course, the recently deceased legend that is Van Halen, even though there was actually a tribute on the show to him. Uh, he then also dropped in this beautiful little nugget where he said, I'll tell you what, you better not give us an award for, uh, for my band. And I was like, mate, I don't think you have to worry about uh, Fozzie ever being up for a Grammy with all due respect <laughs> um, they, they've got some bangers but I like Fozzie like I think they're fine I like my new metal my trashy metal and stuff and I like my easy listening metal and that but come on mate like, come on <laughs> come on come on Chris think about like, it like be honest with yourself bro I think Judas is the only one that would have a shot at winning and it still wouldn't win no no uh, no no I... <laughs> Just... And I love that song. I like Fozzie, as you do. But yeah, like a Grammy dude, I mean, <laughs> it was come on. <laughs> it was funny that he just assumed that they were like, yeah, well, if you fucking give me a Grammy, you can fuck off. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> no, no. Um, what do you think about WWE's uh, lack of interest in using those celebrities that were mentioned earlier? I mean, I would have loved to have seen Will Ferrell because I think he is one of the funniest guys alive. Um, you know, looking at his celebrity Jeopardy stuff on Saturday Night Live back in the 90s is incredible stuff. Um, like, yeah, I ha- dude, if you had him and the drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know who else comes with the drummer? The other three. That's true. You could, That's you could true. get like a show. That was playing live would be a really good crossover because they appeal to such a wide market and a wide mm-hmm. audience because their music is so relatable to so many different people because it, it's not heavy enough that it kind of alienates the pop rock demographic and vice versa. It doesn't alienate the other brand because it's not, you know, cookie cutter as some people would maybe suggest Coldplay is, but I don't mind Coldplay either, which triggers a lot of people as well. This isn't the fucking, this is a music plug. This is Russell plug. Uh, Justin Bieber, I get what they mean, but at the same time, he's so huge and so over. Uh, I feel like he would have had the same kind of effect as Bad Bunny and they're making a lot of money off of selling Bad Bunny merch, aren't they? Let's be honest. And they're also mm-hmm. finally working towards that match, as you probably saw on Raw with yeah. uh, The Miz hitting him with a guitar. Credit to him for giving it a go. Hopefully, Damien Priest is going to be able to look after him enough and keep all of the, you know, the heavy stuff away from him. I think that's going to be the case, but I don't really give a shit personally. But at the same time, if I was part of their PR and someone said to me, yo, we're going to get Justin Bieber in for a match, I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, (laughs) money. (laughs) I'm looking at this from a financial perspective. And whether you like Justin Bieber or not, and whether you think he's good or not, or if he's a complete asshat, I mean, ultimately, he's Canadian, so he's Carl's responsibility. But um, Uh, No, we actually got rid of him. Um, Don't excommunicate him and Brian. (laughs) Now, now, the Canadian government has apologized for Brian Adams on several occasions. (laughs) I love that episode of South Park so much. I think that was the film, actually. Fucking brilliant. I think it was Bigger, Longer, Longer, yeah. Yeah, great film, great film. Canada versus America, the war that we all need and we still continue to believe in. Um, Yeah, no, I... Whatever. WWE missing out on opportunities to make more money. Shock horror. Vince is still fucking minted. I think he'll be okay. Sorry, Paul White. Look back at... Do you remember... I don't remember the year. It was like 2009, maybe 2010, like when they had all the guest... Hosts that would come in every week. 
Oh yeah, I remember that. They had Pee Wee Herman, didn't they? And all these different people. Yeah. And, um, the one with Bob Barker was really good because yeah, Wolverine, it's Bob Barker. Didn't they? Hugh Jackman. Oh yeah, Hugh Jackman. I'm pretty sure he punched Dolph Ziggler in the mouth. Yeah, which we all would do to be honest if we had the opportunity. Um, yeah, they, like those. Yeah, some good. of those were Tom, a varying yeah. success. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Hugh Jackman one was good. I think uh, the even I know it's stupid, but the Muppets one was funny just because you see like Seamus and Beaker hanging out. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I thought that was funny. They do look so silly. <laughs> yeah. So like that's funny. So yeah. WWE can use like celebrities to their advantage. You don't count the Snooky thing because that was really bad. Yeah, no. although again, it brings eyeballs, doesn't it? A lot of people exactly. watch that crap. And let's be honest, Total Divas is kind of based off of that garbage reality TV anyway. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? I thought we'd go on a complete and utter no-need fucking tangent here, and I have a list of all the guest hosts of Raw. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I cannot wait for this. Starting in June the 29th of 2009. So chime in as we go. Now, Batista was a guest host. I 2009? Yeah, he, he was still wrestling in 2009. I, this he? is just according to the wiki, so don't crucify me, Marks. Uh, Million Dollar Man was the following week. Ted DiBiase, fair enough. That. Yeah, both of these were at the San Jose uh, HP Pavilion in San Jose, so maybe there was a taping, and I'm not aware of that, but whatever. Uh, Seth Green, um, yeah, Z- I like Seth Green, ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> That was, to be fair, in North Carolina, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Uh, we had Shaquille O'Neal, who uh, has been up to uh, some business in the wrestling world recently. That's Jeremy probably stared down with Shaq. Who's, oh. who's Jeremy Piven? Should I know him? Um, have you seen the Rush Hour films? Yes. Um, I think he's in, he's in Rush Hour 2 after the guys run through the sewer and they go into like the suit shop to get like, new suits to go in. Uh, he was just like a like a guy that played a gay shopkeeper. So he was the gay shopkeeper from a rush hour. Okay, yeah. that was obviously yeah. Uh, Sergeant yeah. Slaughter, uh, Freddie Prince Jr., who some people may not remember was actually part of the creative team for a while uh, for WWE, uh, which is amazing in itself. Floyd Mayweather Jr., Dusty Rhodes, for rest his soul. Bob Barker was definitely one of my personal favorites. Um, him and Jericho with the Price is Right was yeah. really, really fun. So good. Yeah. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer, Trish Stratus, Al Sharpton, Ben Roffelsperger, the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I bet if Miller was here, he'd be jacking off furiously. Uh, do you remember Nancy O'Dell and Maria Menounos? That fucking fell flat on his ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Carl Bush, and Joey Logano. I believe one of those is a NASCAR. Um, yeah, that's NASCAR drivers. Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne, Ricky Han, Roddy Piper, Jesse Ventura, Vern Troyer, <laughs> Rusty Soy's <laughs> passed as well. Now bless him. Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Dennis Miller, Johnny Damon or Damon Timberland, Bret Hart, Mike Tyson, John Heater, and Don Johnson, Jewel Hill, William Shatner. <laughs> he was great. He. Must have been incredible. <laughs> it was something in the wing. <laughs> Some <laughs> Carl Edwards, Jerry Springer, of course, Dewey and Ty Murray, Cheech and Chong, Chris Angel, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Pete Rose, Rob Codry, Clark Duke, and Craig Robinson, David Otunga, David Hasselhoff, <laughs> uh, David Hasselhoff, definitely the more famous of those two Davids, Will Forte, Christian Wig, who I really fancy, uh, and Ryan Philippe, um, <laughs> Wayne Brady, Flavor Flav. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Chris Jericho, Hulk Hogan, 
Edge and Christian. And then there's loads of random guest stars they've had as well. That list goes on and on. I'm not going to bore you guys with it. Uh, let's see a few standouts from this. Wayne Rooney, um, a lot of people recognise. You will recognise him as Manchester United at the times. A uh, very famous soccer player. Flyrider, Kevin Hart, Hugh Jackman, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Joe Manger, Manganiello? Manganiello. Uh, Aaron Paul, Betty White, Michael Strahan, Mick Foley, Jared Fogel, Charlie Sheen. Loads of them. Loads, loads, loads. But yeah. Um, they like a lot of most of those um, to be fair were really shit, but some of them were really really good. So it's yeah. not out of WWE's wheelhouse to have successful celebrity, you know, interactions and stuff. They it's just Trump in all that time. When you think about The Apprentice and that, and this was years before he ran for president, I'm a little bit surprised. Maybe it's because he did the WrestleMania payoff. I'd love to know how much money they made from having Donald Trump on if that had a spike in terms of ratings and things. Oh. Like that. Because that was what Mania twenty three, I think, Battle of the yeah. Billionaires. Is that the one where um, uh, Eve Torres kicked Zach Ryder in the dick? No, I think that was like twenty seven, oh. or something. Because oh. you know, was it another team it was... battle or something, wasn't it? Like a five or five or something. Wasn't no, it I think Bischoff versus Team Long or something. Oh, uh, Team Laurinaitis against t- oh. Team Long. God, John Laurinaitis. People power. Yeah, have you heard John Laurinaitis has just been re-signed to WWE as their head of talent relations again? Yeah, that's going to go well. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah, this is the guy who obviously wanted to make more, shall we say, Russo-esque decisions in terms of creative. That's not going to work. Right, let's move on to some of the other news before we wrap things up. Some little articles here that will obviously... Uh, now, we're both very big fans of Charlie Caruso for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> Her journalistic integrity is incredible. Oh, absolutely. Um, WWE on air talent <laughs> Charlie Caruso although to be fair I do listen to her when she's on ESPN and she's actually really entertaining to be fair I'm really good at her job uh, yeah she reportedly has backstage heat uh, it was reported by Fight for Select that apparently Caruso has been absent from WWE TV as of late I can confirm that because she hasn't been on Raw Talk and this is very disappointing to me because I actually really like Raw Talk it's the best part of Raw because um, it's like talking smack just 15 minutes of utter nonsense uh, yeah, apparently um, WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon reportedly heard of Caruso's tardiness and took exception to the situation. There's apparently been specific instances involving Randy on the Sheamus where she has been late to conduct interviews at Raw tapings. Uh, one source noted that Caruso is one injury away on this away from being back in the fold. Uh, the same source indicated that WWE hiring Kevin Patrick earlier this month. You might have seen him. He's a new guy who's working backstage. He also mm-hmm. uh, did Raw Talk this week. Uh, he is apparently earmarked to replace her as her contract may be up soon. Apparently Caruso in hot water with WWE. I think that would be a big loss for them if they lost her because I feel like she's probably the best on-screen interviewer slash presenter they've had for quite some time, actually, for my money, at least since, you know, the good old days with guys like Kevin Kelly and Jonathan Coachman getting abused on the reg. Oh, even Michael Cole and The Rock would abuse him. Oh, those yeah, were the when, days. But he stuck a T-shirt over his head. Don't move your just head, like your <laughs> But I think Charlie Crusoe uh, commands a lot of respect when she's doing, like, the pre-show panels yeah. for her pay-per-views. I don't watch a lot well. of pre-shows. First take is... Yeah business for ESPN you know Stephen A. Smith Max Kellerman big on the sports um I, I personally don't think it'll be a huge loss for her particularly she still works for ESPN maybe she's tardy to the party because she works for ESPN ultimately and that's far more important to her than working for WWE I don't know no I mean if she does end up getting let go like you say it'd be a loss for WWE and all the more for ESPN 
yeah, I, I just think that she's really good at what she does. I know you like Kayla Braxton. I don't dislike Kayla Braxton, but I think that Charlie Caruso, Charlie Caruso for me is better. Uh, I think she's the best they've got. Although I'm really starting to enjoy Mackenzie, actually. I think she's quite good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's really grown in her role. A lot of these women actually are a lot better than people give them credit for. And I also quite like the men that have come into the fold as well. I don't know if you've noticed this individual who's just started on Dynamite, uh, who's come in as a kind of Spanish commentator, who's also going to be Penta's manager. Really good. Seems to know what he's doing. Seems to really care about the business. Great heel promo as well. So, you know, it's nice to see that some of the outside stuff is starting to make more of an effect on the TV product. Because when I was a kid, Mm. it was actually really important. You had good interviewers, good commentators, good announcers, good guys on comms who could really help convey the storyline not just the jrs of the world you also need those people backstage you know guys like kevin kelly who would hype up the rock for his big match or whatever those segments for me were very important and also felt somewhat organic if they were done correctly so i think caruso would be a big loss bring back kathy kelly I know she's moving she's on to stunning, better she? what a wonderful oh. human being she is just lovely in every sense um uh, apparently, Drew McIntyre upset some AEW fans this week. Did you see? Why? Why? This is new levels of sensitivity. I'm sorry, but it is. And if you're an AEW fan who was upset by this, grow fuck off. Fuck. Yeah, fuck off. I, I've got no time for this. Drew McIntyre made some comments on Raw this past Monday night. You would have heard this, and the fact that you didn't even notice it speaks volumes, mate. Um, So during the episode, McIntyre addressed MVP making guarantees that he could not deliver. I noticed that MVP made some guarantees tonight, said McIntyre. That's such a dangerous thing to do in this industry. If you make a guarantee and don't deliver, fans get upset and sparks fly. Uh Um, McIntyre's remarks were taken by many to be mocking the explosion dud at last week's AEW Revolution pay-per-view. During an interview with Alfred Konua of Forbes, um, that speaks volumes that he's doing interviews with Forbes and Paul White is doing interviews with Chris Jericho. (laughs) McIntyre (laughs) stated that his comments were not a deliberate shot at the failed explosion. Everyone seems to think writers are going to put all this together. They don't. Drew McIntyre's out there, and I've got no idea what I'm going to say, and I kind of say how I feel, McIntyre said. I saw MVP saying a guarantee thing, and I thought to myself, everyone always says guarantee. And when you say guarantee, you really got to back that up. You've got to deliver on your guarantees. What can I say out there that I can guarantee? Seamus and I are literally going to beat the absolute hell out of each other, and it's going to hurt. I might as well I might as well tell the truth. McIntyre said that his Sparks Fly remark was something that just came to him while he said that he may that he may have subconsciously made a joke. He personally is not a fan of companies taking shots at each other. Turns out AEW fans are a little too sensitive. Anything to add, mate? Um, so they're really sensitive. Will they notice how hard I kicked them in the dick? Like, get the fuck over it, bro. Even- McIntyre is one of the loveliest human beings of the world. And of this profession, there is no way he would care or have the time in his ridiculously busy schedule to be taking cheap shots at you. Come on. And also, even if he was, who cares? Doesn't that speak ill of him and the company, not you? By the way, the Young Bucks a couple of weeks ago saying that Chris Jericho would be curtain jerking at the Performance Center if he wasn't tied to MJF. Just saying. They make plenty of comments on their show and make silly little shitty comments all the time. Taz taking cheap shots at their COVID protocol. You're both as bad as each other. Do we need to put all the toys in the box so you two can sit there and apologize before you're allowed to play again? 
It's a couple of fucking frat houses taking shots at each other, dude. It's it is a bit, stupid. It's it a load of do, bro. It's like that episode of South Park. I do respect you, bro. Oh, come on, bro. It doesn't mean anything. And none of you are going to fucking do anything about it. Fuck. Get a new hobby for the love of you. You know me. what? Even, even if Drew McIntyre did mean what he said, are you going to tell like a six foot seven, 260 pound Scottish man right. that he's wrong? Because yeah, I don't think you are. Exactly. All five foot nothing fucking fat Mark from AEW is really going to have take umbrage with Drew McIntyre. That's social media for you in a nutshell. I'm sure I'll get more hate mail in my inbox because of the comments I've made on this podcast. And I very much look forward to listening to them and not paying attention to them whatsoever. Oh, people, people are more than welcome to send me some too, man. I've never gotten any, but if people have issues with what I say, You're try me, bro. to get hate mail. Shut your mouth. You don't turn up to work uh, enough to get hate mail. This is true. This Although, is true. Feel free to send all your litigation to Carl Wilkinson on Twitter. <laughs> Who gives a fucking shit what you people think, honestly? Seriously, we're out here trying to give a fresh and honest take about wrestling. If that upsets you, well, what can I say? You're happy to go and follow the culture or the cult. Just saying. There you go. There's, there's something you can make into a fucking news story. Uh, WWE has also reportedly dropped the number of WrestleMania 37 tickets to just 25,000 for each night. It was previously reported that WWE had plans for 45,000 fans <laughs> for WrestleMania 37's nights one and two. But now Eduardo Encina of the Tampa Bay Times reports that capacity for the big event will be just 25,000, which is apparently 36% of full capacity at the Raymond James Stadium. WWE uh, it's apparently dropped the number of seats to adhere to COVID-19 protocols so you can all stop fucking banging on about the fact that they're constantly ignoring it obviously they're going to say yeah well you only dropped it because somebody fucking put it it's like whatever it is what it is um, obviously the NFL Super Bowl for anyone who's interested in that was held recently there as well and they were able to have somewhere around I believe 32,500 something like that apparently it was 38% of the full capacity including 7,500 vaccinated healthcare workers so Hopefully, WWE is going to offer a few tickets to some of those healthcare workers because I feel like they deserve it. But either way, even if it's just 25,000, I've got to be honest, I'm quite excited about WrestleMania this year. Having that big live crowd there, 25,000 people is a lot of people. It's going to be, and they're going to be rabid because there has been oh, yeah. no WWE live events for over a year. I mean, 25,000 is probably the amount that would fit in a normal arena, like realistically. So it's like you just sold yeah. out an arena. Most of their Maybe... Raws and Smackdowns hold twelve to 50,000. So there's quite a lot of people. Yeah, like that rabid fan base is going to be so loud and it's going to make such a difference. Yeah, exactly. Because we're so used to that piped in noise and the awful video panel. I don't know about you, but when I start watching, because obviously Raw is too long, as we all know, and you can check out my Raw review on this channel if you want to, um, and it'll be a lot shorter and probably have much better highlights. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I watch Raw and I start drifting and I start looking at the video screen to see what kind of crazy <laughs> lunatics we've got. And you get some real special people. Like, you know, I, I rag on some of AEW's fan base. WWE's fan base, just as terrible in every sense. <laughs> there are some awful people on there. You can just see where they're being looped as well sometimes. And you just think, oh, come on. You're not even trying. And because obviously they're editing a lot of stuff, aren't they? If you notice this, they've been doing a lot of stuff with like Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton, who are apparently going to face each other at Fastlane. Oh, baby. <laughs> I, I, I really hope they're going to go full crazy psychosis with that. And he's I mean, going to try and beat the shit out of her. She's going to like teleport him to another dimension or something. Or... Right, right into the funhouse, dude. 
Hey, hey, in for Take a Randy to the funhouse for a pound. In for a penny, in for a pound. If AEW is allowed to do stupid, nonsensical, non-logical bullshit with terrible booking every week, why can't WWE do just as much? Give me crazy. I want to see Randy on proper. Like, I want to see her just like blocking his strikes with her forearms, acting as if she's and trying to make it look as if she's channeling Bray Wyatt. While <laughs> actually being like, oh, that actually really fucking hurts. Fuck you. Should be good stuff. Um, anything you want to add to mate? No, I mean, I think Fastlane's this weekend. I think. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Fastlane is this weekend. We will be covering it for the podcast. We will also, of course, be dropping predictions for that. We will have a WrestlePlug 500, which will mostly be a tribute, of course, to WrestlePlug. So keep an eye out for that. There'll be an audio special on that, and there'll also be a video of myself and one of the all-time great co-hosts, the original co-host of many, Steve Neal, uh, will be joining us to have a little chat ski about all the great moments in the history of what we did and obviously getting to see me wrestle and all other crazy memories our favorite interviews and stuff like that and like i say ladies and gentlemen if you are listening to this before friday night slash the weekend um i'm more than happy to do a proper q a with everyone's thoughts on wrestleplug but obviously you've got to contact us at wrestleplug on social media if you want to uh carl wilkinson thank you very much for joining me for the state of wrestling address uh, thanks for having me buddy i know i haven't been around in a while but because you're a tiny piece of shit charlie now get out of my <laughs> sight <laughs> gotta be making that money man so you know vaccines are starting to roll out both my mom and my sister have had their first doses which is really exciting any anti-vaxxers out there i'll go fuck yourself so yeah. uh jericho is gonna be triggered by now he's seriously making me reconsider his status on my goat chart and yeah. it breaks my heart he's, he's always been in my top five but i'll tell you what you keep this up mate <laughs> like he's really gives a shit I don't yeah really right but yeah, all Chris Jericho nonsense aside, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for checking out the State of Wrestling Address. If you are listening to this via audio, thank you very much for continuing to do so. Episode 500 will be dropped on Friday. If you are listening to this before Friday, Friday, of course, is the 19th of March. That is also, that is also our four-year anniversary. So four years and 500 episodes down the line. So if you've got any moments you'd like to share, any highlights of your own, whether you're a co-host or not, feel free to send them to at WrestlePlug, and I look forward to sharing those on the social media. Like I say, I will be doing a Q&A if I get enough questions. If not, I just won't fucking bother, and I'll just drop the episode 500, and it'll be business as usual. Dirty Dave Dennis will be joining us on the podcast, and he will be straight shooting. He's going to ruffle a few feathers because he's got plenty to say about the British independence scene. We also have the incredibly talented French women's wrestler Kira Kimera. Some people might remember that Kira was originally scheduled to be on our podcast last year, but due to speaking out, we reconvened for another chat. She's still a wonderful, awesome, amazing human being. She always will be, and we look forward to you guys checking that podcast out as well. And that one will be an audio exclusive. So keep an eye out for that on all the channels where you can get WrestlePlug. But from myself, Aaron Nix, and from Carl Wilkinson, thank you very much for joining us for this State of Wrestling Address. And we will catch you very soon for the 500th episode of WrestlePlug. 500. I've done all of those. All of them. Mm -hmm. All five. I fucking knackered. <laughs> Someone want to take over? <laughs> I just, just want to have a break and play Xbox, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, it's been a good time. It's been a good time. Yeah, it really has. Um, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Take it easy again. Go on, bugger off. Gonna have a nice day. Yeah, that that thing there. Oh dear.